Are you looking for freedom? Freedom from the daily grind and hustle? Or just finding a way to live the life you always wanted? Then join us on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Our host, Mike Ayala, will help you discover new ways to find freedom with tips, insights, and interviews. You'll learn the exact systems he's used to travel the world and live his best life. True success and happiness are all about freedom. And here's your roadmap on how to find freedom on your own terms. Welcome to the Investing for Freedom podcast. Here's your host, Mike Ayala. Thank you for joining me on the Investing for Freedom podcast. Today, we are in for a treat. We have a good friend of mine, Sergio Altamare, on the show. And this guy's background is just so impressive. Um, you know, as, as we talk about a lot, I, I met Sergio through GoBundance, obviously one of my favorite organizations for obvious reasons. Um, but every single time we're at an event or whatever, I just love when Sergio, you know, just interjects his thoughts. And so you guys are in for a treat today. Sergio, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it, brother. Yeah, it's going to be great. So there's four questions that we get into with every guest. I'm going to start off with that, and then we'll just get into some amazing stuff. Who knows? Maybe the questions are going to be amazing. Who has had the greatest impact on your life? That's easy. That's my mother. Um, my mother, and uh, I believe, should be a, uh, going into sainthood uh, when she passes. My mother, um, Italian immigrant, um, she's 86 years old. Even to this day, um, I'm 45. When I talk to her, she's always checking to see how I'm doing. Mm. Um, she's been a, an inspiration, the most uh, giving, kindest person I've ever met. Um, and I'm not just saying that because she's my mother. I mean, she's raised not just only her kids. I have two older sisters. She's helped raise my nephews, my niece, uh, countless of her nieces, mm. nephews, a uh, tireless worker, uh, never complains, uh, creative, happy, no matter what the situation is. So she's always been my inspiration and motivation for everything I do. Wow. That's amazing. Have you told her that? Yep. I can tell awesome. her any chance, any chance I get. That's cool. If you could narrow it down to one thing that has had the greatest impact on your success, what would that be? Uh, for me, the it, it's it's really been uh, being curious and asking questions. Um, I've always been a a curious child, and uh, in some cases, you know, dangerous, like kind of experimenting with things. But um, I've never been afraid to ask questions, no matter how stupid they may sound. Um, and I've had an, an insatiable appetite for learning. Um, I find that any day you don't learn something new is a wasted day. And so I start the day with, you know, reading, uh, whether it be through my RSS feeds, I subscribe to Feedly with countless resources so I can digest content at, at an insane pace, books, audible, um, podcasts, conversations, you name it. Uh, there's so much information to be gleaned from this world uh, and not just learning it, but also implementing and testing out our own personal limits and, and my personal limits. So that's been my success is really just not being afraid to fail, learning as much as possible and then implementing whatever I can. You know, as I'm sitting here listening to that answer that you gave, um, number one, I'm inspired. And, and I think sometimes when we hear an answer like that, it, you know, I've, I've heard something like that before and just kind of like, 
Oh yeah, that's a great answer. But I don't know why, but it hit me today when I'm listening to you say this, like the difference, there's that saying that I'm thinking of right now. I think it was Jim Rohn. And he said, the difference of who you are today and who you're going to be 20 years from now can be found in the quality of the books you read. And so we, we hear this, but I don't know why, but when you're saying this today, like I'm literally picturing the opposite and how many people are, you know, just sitting on their couch, they get home from work and they just stopped learning. And mm -hmm. Uh, as you're saying that, I mean, I really think that you just pointed out something that might be, you know, one of the greatest nuggets in life. When I see people like you that are successful and, and continuing to find more success in life, I think that's the thing that really differentiates. So I appreciate you sharing that number one. Um, but there's another side of that too, that just kind of like, I saw that, you know, how many people have just stopped learning? Why do you think that is? Um, I, I think, uh to me, I look at it as uh, our our brain is the biggest, and, and I don't know how scientifically accurate this is, right? But our brain is, I look at it as a muscle, right? And the more you use it, I mean, it's, it's cognitively, there's scientific fact behind it, right? You're either going to nurture your mind or you're going to, you know, waste it away, right? And so it's about you know, it's the equivalent of a physical exercise and going to the gym and doing all that. You can see the results, right? Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when you're continuously feeding your mind new information and, and not just your mind, your senses, right? Whether it's touch, smell, taste, you know, what you hear, as you consume all of that, right? It changes it it creates different contexts around the world. So for me, it's a it's a matter of how do I learn as much as possible and, and each topic. And there are some things that I gravitate towards and some that I, you know, can care less about yeah. if you will, yeah. but I'm always going to be curious about, but I think for most people don't realize that the capacity of our minds, right? I mean, the capacity of our minds is, is tremendous. When you look at, Picture the, the the most successful person you know, regardless of you know business, athletics, or whatever. The difference between that individual and the next person is really how much time that they've spent studying their trade. You know, if it's and, and I'm fascinated, and I study elite in all things, right? Whether it's, you know, Tom Brady, Tiger Woods in his heyday, you know, Muhammad Ali, uh, you know, Mark Cuban, Bill Gates, pick whatever in whatever area that you aspire to be and learn what they're doing. And in most cases, what they're doing is they're continuously learning more about their craft. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, I'm what we would probably call a jack of all trades, master of none, but what I'm a master of is learning. Yeah. Right. And, and to me, um, you know, a lot of people just, you know, they'll pick up a book and they'll read it. That was a great book. Now, what did you do with it? Yeah. Right. Did you act on any of the information? And if you act on the information, now you can contextualize what you just learned. Mm -hmm. And then for us in business, it's somebody says, Hey, if you do X, Y, Z, then, you know, this happens and you only learn that by doing. Mm -hmm. So you take the information, right? Learn it, study it and believe in it. Right. And once you believe that it, that information is accurate and then you act on it, right. Magical shit happens. Yeah. And that's, that's the part that is like, if you experience it, it's addicting, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's knowledge 
And knowledge paired with action is addicting to generate more and more and more of it. And that's, I think there's, there's a gap that a lot of people have that just don't take knowledge to the next level or um, their appetite for that knowledge may stop me. I'm, I, I consume anything from anybody and I just love to, I mean, my brain is a sponge. Yeah. Wow. I appreciate you sharing that. I, I feel like you just gave us like and I know it sounds simple about learning, but I feel like you just, you know, I've said this so many times, um, you know, people say, Hey, I've got a thousand dollars or $5,000 to invest in. What should I invest in? I'm like in yourself, like in learning, in knowledge. Cause you know, the people that have a hundred thousand or a million dollars to invest or whatever, they became avid learners. They just became skilled at their trade, whatever it is. I feel like we've lost some of that, even like the importance of I'm a plumber by trade. A lot of people don't know that I went to a four-year trade school um, spent four years in the field. And, you know, when I became a journeyman plumber, uh, it's because I had 4,000 hours and then to become a master plumber, you got to have 10,000 hours. And I think a lot of, I think we've lost, you know, everybody's thinking about getting rich quick and how to learn, you know, and by the way, I think technology and AI and all that is important and we can collapse timeframes, but at the same time, I think we've quit really becoming avid learners, as you point out. So appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I think it's, um, it's, it's the, and I, I look, think of it as being an, an active learner, right? And it's like, okay, well, you learn a subject and then, you know, test it out and did it go the way you thought it was? I, I think for a lot of folks, uh, it's really just a matter of, um, you know, not having enough success with mm -hmm. implementing what you've learned or not taking it a, a, a step ahead or to the next step. You talk about in, investing in yourself and I won't, you know, just like we talked about earlier, you hear a book, it's bought, right? Mm -hmm. It's not, okay, I'll add that to my notes, right? And, and to some people, they feel like the act of writing it down is somehow magically going to manifest into some knowledge, right? Well, no, you write it down, then you got to look it up. You got to buy it. It's got to come in the mail. You got to read it. I mean, that, there's a lot of steps. And so yeah. for a lot of people that just like, they don't get past step number two, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, and it's, and it's like holding yourself accountable, right? Cause at the end of the day, it's, it's when you put your head down is like, have I been honest? Have I given myself the best effort? Have mm -hmm. I really done that? And you're, there's a lot of people that are very good at telling you what to do and how to do it. And then you're like, you're watching them or observing them from a distance. You're like, you're not practicing what you're talking about. Yeah. So for me, it's like, if I'm confident that what I'm saying I'm doing and I'm acting on, mm -hmm. then I'm just holding myself accountable and what you do is, is, is your business. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's, you know, just the most powerful force out there. Yeah. You know, as you're saying all that too, I think, um, you know, even just back to the practicality of like, you mentioned a book, I buy the book. I think we, I think we owe it. I'm so fortunate to be around people like you every day. I think we owe it to those people that are around us that share insight, wisdom, you know, you're not asking earlier, you were sharing wisdom with me. You weren't asking me to necessarily pay you for your time or even pot. There's no excuses today because all this is free. If you're listening yeah. to this right now, it's free. Like nobody, I have to pay to produce this show. And so you're those people that are sitting on the couch and you know, they, they, they never get ahead. And you know, I just love the learning conversation, but taking it to the next step, um, 
you're an active learner. I love the way you said that. And I think we owe it to people like you when I get around you and you share wisdom with me. If I take that wisdom and I just throw it on the ground and I don't do anything with it, you're not going to yeah. get very far in life. And, and you're, Sergio is not going to hang out with me and impart wisdom to me for very long if I just spit or step all over the, the stuff that you teach me, right? And I, the way you're saying things has just got me looking at a whole different perspective on why people... Usually we're just talking about like keys to success, but I'm like seeing, I'm seeing what you're saying through a different lens today for some reason. I normally don't, but I see why people are not being successful because they're, they're literally stepping all over the wisdom that you give them for free. There's just no excuse today. None. Yeah. And, and going back to, so something that I've, I've been fortunate enough to have my entire life is, um, there's, there's a, a big rule that I live by and, in order to receive, you must give, right? Mm. It's not the other way around. A lot of people live life by believing that, hey, I didn't get anything from this person. Why should I give, right? Mm. What my mother has always done is give without expecting something in return. Wow. But there is something that I expect in return. I expect the satisfaction mm. and I expect the confidence that tells me that I've given what I can to whoever, right? I mean, I average about, I don't know, three to five calls with just random go abundance guys, go bros every week. Right. Wow. And for that, it's like, you know, a lot of, Hey, can I pick your brain about X, Y, and Z? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. Because at the end of the day, I'm building up a, a, a level of um, enabling receiving mm. that you know, is indispensable. And the way that it manifests is in so many different ways. I mean, it's just like, you know, you, you know that, you know, somebody says, Hey, will you contribute to X, Y, Z calls? I believe in X, Y, Z calls done, right. Yeah. Done. I give, I give, I give, I give. And then all of a sudden it just starts raining. Yeah. Right. And it starts yeah. raining goodness. Yeah. It starts raining knowledge. And then, and so it's kind of like, um, it's not, it's as close to magic as you can get. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, the, if you're depending on what kind of books and stuff that you're in, I mean, very much into spirituality, um, you know, Buddhism, uh, meditation and all of that. And it's like the art of allowing, right. And it's, it's allowing yourself to receive, but in order, in order to do that, you have to put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it's in, it's in every religion, it's in every, um, it's, it's everywhere, mm -hmm. but unless you really believe that, um, there's something missing. So the way more you do that, uh, that's, that's the way I live it. And, and it's, it's got me this far in life and we'll see where it takes me, man. Sergio's bringing the fire today. I love it. Um, you know, as you're saying that, like I, I've often said like, and I 100% agree with, with everything you just said. Um, I've I, like, I just don't believe you can outgive the universe or God or whatever you want to call it. Um, I just don't believe that. And you know, so many people are so stingy. I've literally seen it like this for years. I'm a big hunter. I love hunting. And, you know, we go out in the, in the, in the desert, the wild, in the mountains, and, and we'll find these, you know, watering holes where the animals drink. And it's interesting because when, when water's not flowing in and out of those, they're nasty, dirty mud holes. Right. But then you see like a crystal clear, like Lake Tahoe type, you know, mountain lake, and you got, you got clear water flowing in, you got clear water flowing out. Like that's just beautiful. Right. And I've often seen giving that same way. Like if, if, uh, if you want muddy, dirty, nasty water, like, you know, yeah. 
let it flow in, but just keep everything there. But if you want pure, clean, beautiful life, like you got to keep it flowing in and flowing out. And I think the way you pointed that out is, is, um, just so awesome. And I can literally like, I don't even know your mom, but like, I can, I can see your mom. I can feel your mom. Just this conversation's amazing. It's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. What was your greatest setback and what did you learn from it? Um, so for me, it was, uh, I didn't realize it was a setback at the time. So, so I grew up through the ranks, uh, working at the federal reserve, um, in, in technology. Um, there was a time where, uh, I was probably in my mid to mid to late thirties and my director's job, uh, became available and it was a, na- it's a national position. I work for our national, uh, a, a group representing, um, the bank supervision department for uh, information technology across the entire federal reserve. And it was a high profile position. And, um, and I applied for the job. I mean, I was getting congratulated. People were assuming that it was going to be my role just because it was, it seemed like it was a natural fit and um, I didn't get the job. And, and I was pretty surprised about that. But in the conversation I had with my boss at the time, uh, it was, it came down to, well, it's a very high profile job and uh, you don't have a, it, it wasn't said this way, but uh, do you ever consider, you know, getting, uh, going back to school and getting your degree? And, and I let, and, and I said, well, I mean, now that you put it that way, right. So I didn't get the job, but what I did was I got a fire lit onto me that I said, that will be the last time not having a college degree is ever held against me. And within two weeks, I was registered uh, Drexel University, um, went back to school, uh, nights, weekends. I was traveling a lot. I did online hybrid learning, you know, Saturday classes. Um, seven years later, I got that degree sitting on the wall and graduated with a 3.9 GPA. Mo- many of the classes that I had to take, I could have taught. Um, but it was one of those things that... It was a, it was less of a challenge from, you know, my boss at the time, but more of kind of, you know, the gauntlet has been challenged. And I just said that it was a strong enough message that it just motivated me to go back to school. And I, and I felt like I owed it to myself because I wasn't exactly the best student in high school. I learned more about going to you know, the park and drinking forties and cutting class than I actually did in school. I will say that I learned systems and specifically how to beat systems. Um, <laughs> then I actually got education. So I felt like I owed it to myself. I owed it to my mother to become a better student. Now, granted, I had established a career. I was in a different mindset. I was older. I was more mature. I could handle that. And that just like, you know, from that point on, it was, you know, the day that I graduated, my father was still alive. You know, he was, he had just come out of a coma after, you know, some big health battles. And, um, it was, it was, it really gave me a lot of strength. Um, and just being able to say, you know what, could achieve whatever you want. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was kind of a lit a fire. It was like a pilot light, if you will. And, you know, from there at the time, it seemed like a setback. I was upset about it. I was distraught, but I probably wouldn't be here talking to you if it wasn't for that. Wow. That's amazing. I love um, when you were talking about, you know, 
primarily learning to beat the system. I was just having a, had a conversation with a guy yesterday that basically said he was a hacker. Like he's just, he's been so successful because he learned how to hack, like find shortcuts everywhere. And he almost, he didn't say he was lazy, but <laughs> that's like the way that I was hearing it. So it's interesting that you, you know, talk about like primarily just learning how to beat the system. It's pretty interesting. Well, and, and to the point of, of um, you know, one of my, one of my positions, one of my, my, my minor herbs, I, my degree is in computing and security technology. I got a CIS, CISSP certification for anybody who's in information security knows that. So I've studied hackers. I've, I've done all that. And, and I've always considered me, most people would not think of me as lazy, but my, I have a passion for learning how to do something as fast and efficient and as few steps as possible. And it translates across everything I do. So I always say I am lazy. I'm not, I will spend more time, 10 hours up front to on something that will take an hour. If I can get it done in 10 minutes going forward, because I know I'm going to need to do it more and more. So for me, that was always about, what is the maximum effort that I need to put in to get the maximum result without having to go above and beyond that? So it translates into everything I do. So I can totally appreciate that perspective <laughs> yeah, for sure. Totally. Yeah. I love it. What is the piece of advice you find yourself sharing the most? Um, the piece of advice that I find myself sharing the most, uh, I think a lot of it comes down to, um, meditating and being mindful. Um, I find that there is, it is a, I wouldn't even call it a hack. I would call it productivity magic. Um, and, and being able to, and, and for those that may not be familiar of, of what meditation actually is about, it's about training your breath and slowing down your senses to be able to absorb more, mm. right? And so when you do that and, and you get your mindset around um, harnessing that power and get really good at it, and I've spent um, uh, close to 20 years uh, on my med in my meditation practice, it gives you that extra edge to really take and practice what you're learning, going back to what we talked about. Um, that is something that I share a lot. Um, and, and a lot of it comes down to just acting, you know, you get an idea, you're going to, it's, it's a known, it, it's guaranteed that you're going to make a mistake in whatever you do, mm -hmm. right? Guaranteed, mm -hmm. right? Now you're not going to go out and, and, and rob a bank to make millions, right? But in the, the path to doing that, you're going to make mistakes. So if you, you do not take action, right, on, on whatever you're learning, you're not going to make mistakes, but you're also not going to advance either. So it's, it's a combination of getting your mind right, um, making sure that your mind is working for you and not against you, and then acting on what you're learning. Yeah. I'm like seeing this thread and this is so valuable. I, I, like, I actually want to go back and listen to this. There, I, and this is the 100% truth. I don't go back and listen to a lot of my episodes, um, but I want to go back and listen to this because I'm seeing like a, I'm seeing a trend of what you're talking about here from like learning and, and, you know, being curious and asking questions. And then like, you're just talking about meditating. And, you know, even when you were talking about learning, you said something about, um, you know, learning what you really want. And I think, 
I'm just getting such a reverse image of the, the, the guy that's the opposite of what you're talking about, which I normally don't do. But as I'm listening to this, um, when you're talking about meditating, there's so many people and I'm, I'm seeing and feeling this that don't spend enough time figuring out what they actually really want. And so then therefore they're not learning and, and they're not being curious and they're not spending the time meditating. And even when you were talking about, um, you know, some of not, you didn't say being lazy, but figuring out how to um, maximize, you know, figure out how to maximize something with the shortest amount of time possible. There's a thread that I think you have mastered and uh, just like listening to you a little bit that I think is something that I really want to point out. And again, I'm going to go back and listen to it. I think a lot of people find themselves 50, 60, 70 years old, and they didn't spend enough time learning and really meditating and finding out who they really are and what they really want. And we get to the end of our life and we find out that we did all this and didn't even do what we want to do. And so I appreciate, yeah. um, number one, obviously you sharing it, but number two, who you show up as, because like, I'm feeling what you're saying. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a lot of it comes down to uh, what I've learned in my years is, um, is, I try to, and I've studied a lot of psychology, right? And, and reason being is my father was manic depressive. He had, you know, schizophrenic. Mm. He had a lot of mental issues. And when I was younger, I didn't understand that. And I was taken in the psychology, psychiatrist's office and, and that kind of thing. And so when my early, in my mid-20s, um, I went through my own little battle with, you know, anxiety, you know, a little bit of a uh, and, uh I would call it more of a mild anxiety disorder, some panic in there as well. And so going back and forth to doctors, it was uh, being poked and prodded. They were looking for something to be able to say, okay, you got X, Y, Z, right? I, I thought I was sick, right? I mean, if anybody's ever seen uh, Analyze This uh, movie where De Niro's a, a mobster and he's having panic panic attacks and he goes to the doctor and the doctor says, well, I think you just had a panic attack. He says, panic? Do I look like a guy that panics? He said, I just had like five heart attacks this week, right? Because that's, the, if you've ever had an anxiety attack or panic attack, that's what it feels like. And it's kind of like you're losing control. And after going back and forth to doctors for, you know, months, they were like, um, I think you need to go see a psychologist. I'm like, psychologist, what the hell are you talking about? It's like, I'm, there's something wrong here. And I went to the psychologist and I went for a few sessions and he started studying me and started saying, well, I'm observing that you're, you know, you're breathing shallow and, and I'm leaving. I'm like, is this really mental? And I started reading some books and, and as I'm like picking up on this, like, holy shit, this is something that is in me. That's something that I can control. And so going back to you introduce me to something that I need to know for my own sake, I'm, I'm all in. Right. And so for me, I, I landed on meditation as my solution. I didn't want to get into the drugs and the antidepressants. I didn't want to get into all that. Right. I, I wasn't going to be my father. Right. So for me, it was about, I'm not going to go down that road. I'm going to figure this out myself. And so I was living on my own at the time. And so I, kind of dedicated a room to meditation. I got into uh, DVDs. In fact, the first DVD that I ever bought on meditation, I actually just found that it's 20 years old. Um, you know, beginner's guide to meditation. I forgot what it was because people keep asking me how I got into it. And I'm like, it was a DVD. I forgot what it was. And I actually spent some time trying to figure it out and I found it. Right. Wow. And I remember taking my laptop into my, my room and every single night for an hour, going through the entire DVD. And I got to the point where I understood what I was doing. So 
that fostered a mentality to me. And I've since studied like, you know, spiritual gurus and trying to understand uh, what the thought process is. And what I landed on is in order for you to make a change or want something in life, it has to come from belief. Hmm. You have to believe. And I'm not talking about like just saying, Hey, I believe in X, Y, and Z. It's gotta be belief to your core, Mm -hmm. right? To where it's as plain as, you know, this microphone is black. I believe that. So for me, if I'm going to get into something new that is going to help me, then I will study it to the point where I believe that's the case. And, you know, one of the things I'm doing right now is keto diet, right? You know, I'm not going to just say Google keto diet and all of a sudden just start following it, right? If you're going to get into something, it's very important in order to be successful to believe in what you're doing. So like when we talk about meditation, I read countless books and even to this day, I'll find something new because it just reinforces belief. So if you want to reinforce belief, then you figure out how do I do that? And it starts with books and, and then you take concepts that you read in the book and you research the book and you research the concepts. And as you ingrain that belief, now you're going to be far more successful in whatever you do. So that is a, um, that's a missing piece that a lot of people have in trying to achieve anything, whether it's losing weight, whether it's getting cholesterol, and oftentimes you've got to be able to look at every single side of a subject and then formulate your own opinion or your own belief. And that's when you can be successful. So to me, that all ties into it. And the, the, the deeper that I believe in a cause, nothing's going to stand in the way of me achieving it because I believe it. And, and if you believe in the power of the law of attraction and manifesting things, I don't believe that like take abundance, for example, um, it found me, right? I mean, I had to be at the right place, the right time, the right, right level of growth that I believed that I was going to find my tribe mm-hmm. and find the people that I needed to be around. And that's what happened. So that's a, that, I guess that's a long-winded way of answering a question. I don't know what was. <laughs> well, that was amazing, actually. Um, and I love the way that you said that at the end, that GoBundance found you, because I've I don't know that I've ever said this about anything else, but when people ask me, you know, how'd you get into GoBundance? And I'm like, well, when GoBundance found me, and it's interesting that you put it that way, um, I was at a place, and this was like 2019, where like I was just going through a lot of change. I'd done a lot of coaching. I was just finishing up with two years of Dan Sullivan and strategic coach. And I told my wife, I said, you know, I really want to find an organization that just helps me become a better version of me, like a better human. And so I was looking for something. And then um, she actually, because of Hal Elrod and David Osborne, she's a avid Hal Elrod fan, has been for years. Uh, Miracle Morning, you know, just loves him. So she connected me with GoBundance. But what I, I've often said is that GoBundance found me because what I was actually looking for, and I didn't realize it then, but, my, you know, my dad was, um, he was an alcoholic. He was a drug addict, never kept a job, abusive, all that. And um, what I realized that year, like I was just going through some deep work on myself. And what I realized that year is, um, I, I've never had an issue building deep, authentic relationships with women. And I don't mean that from like a dating perspective, whether it was my mom or my grandma or my wife or whatever, like I could connect deeply with women, but I had a real barrier and this is going to sound crazy, but, um, I had a real barrier to connecting with men. Like I had a hard time building authentic relationships with men and, right. So GoBundance found me and I set a goal that year, Sergio, of building four authentic relationships, one per quarter. That was like on my one sheet. Um, And 
I've got hundreds. Like you talk about having three, four, five calls every week with the GoBundance guys. Like what an amazing you know, organization. And it's not something that you can make up. And so the way you said that though, GoBundance found you, GoBundance found me. And, and there's a part of, uh, and I'll, I don't know that I've ever said this out loud, but as I'm sitting here thinking about it, like, um, there's a, there's a part of me that GoBundance saved because I don't know, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe I would have found it somewhere else, but the reality is like the, the level of guys, this is not a pitch for GoBundance, but the level of guys that are in GoBundance is just phenomenal. And it's not something you can make up. It's just an amazing group of people. No, and, and, and I'm a, um, I'm a firm believer. I mean, it's scientific fact. We're, we're energy beings, right? We're energy beings. And if you picture us like as, as magnets, right? I mean, you're depending on the, you know, bad people hang out with bad people, hang out with bad people and that kind of thing. So if, if I never, although I grew up with a, a group of guys that uh, were had strong values, strong family values that were brought, you know, that were instilled from their families. Um, from a overall taking things to a next level, it took me finding or, or being uh, connected with GoBundance, and it was that it was that that pull, right? And so when we're in that room, right? I mean, when I I I'll, I in all honesty, when I first went to a Breckenridge and I and I looked at the agenda, the first thing I thought about is holy shit, the sessions start at four in the afternoon, go to 10 o'clock at night. Am I going to be able to stay awake? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't sleep the whole week yeah. because the amount of energy yeah. was just like, holy crap. Yeah. And, and to me, you know, when I look at it is when I'm connecting with guys like yourself, I mean, I'm leaving like, like amped, like you just hit me with a shot of adrenaline because it gives me the confidence and, and being in the room with these guys and just even through the screen, the, the curiosity and, and success and just, you know, being able to absorb that energy, it almost feels like I'm stealing, right? I mean, just like, (laughs) you know, I'm just plugging into all these outlets and just taking in all this energy. And it's, it's so empowering and it's, it is the whole, you know, you are the people that you are closely connected to. And, and, you know, if, if, if something's amiss, make a change, right? I mean, that's what you have to do. Find your tribe, find those people connect. And yeah. um, Yeah. And it's, that's, it's awesome. It's freaking awesome. Yeah. I love, um, you know, how you, it's all tied back together, but I loved your, um, your answer uh, to the question number four and just thinking back to this and you kind of just said this, but the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And just tying this all back together, you're talking about becoming a better human and meditation and, you know, reading and learning. And it's very apparent that you've done a lot of work on yourself. And so Jim Rohn says, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so we get around groups like GoBundance and, you know, everybody's, it's kind of common and cliche. Everybody's looking for, you know, leveling up their average. Like I need to find five new people to, to make my life better, but I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I've been saying, this hit me a couple of years ago. We always say that, you know, I need to find five better friends. I need to level up my average. But I started asking myself the question, who do I have to become in order for those five people to allow me into their group, right? Because they're thinking the same thing we're thinking. Like they're going to become the average of, you know, whoever they let in too. And so when we're talking about becoming a better person, learning, meditation, um, I've become more intentional about how I show up too. When you're talking about plugging into other guys, like that's not just something that... I remember being around guys like, um, we talked about Ken McElroy earlier, but every time I'm with Ken, 
it's like he's the energizer bunny. And I'm like, was this guy just born with like a next level of adrenaline that's just running all the time? And I think the answer to that is no. I've met a few people in my life and I'm surrounded by a bunch of them now that I just, I used to just think that some people were born with some kind of next level energy. And yeah. I don't think that's the case. So what's your thoughts on that? Is that part of your practice? No, no, not, not at all. I mean, in, in terms of being born with that is, um, that is, uh, I feel like, um, my energy levels and where, um, you know, the, the new levels that I need to discover are, are, are very much still materializing. Right. And, and what I mean by that is I was always, you know, you know, have a go have a cheesesteak and, you know, for lunch and in the afternoon be in a meeting and kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. dozing off and, you know, and just going to happy hour and that kind of thing. And, and as I've been focusing on two things, one is, is developing my knowledge and, and, and what my core function is. And now that's like a business leader and, and knowing that there's a level of responsibility that comes with that. So, I'm elevating my view of my responsibility. And so now I'm finding that I need to be the best version of myself. So I need to get a good night's sleep, right? I, I, I can't screw around this much. There's a lot of, um, I have a you know broader responsibility and it's about taking care of the parts of my life that I'm not that are easy to neglect, right? When it comes to business, we're all good at that, right? Go abundance guys are, you know, you, you, you put together a, a webinar on uh, making a ton of money in X, Y, Z, and you're going to get a hundred people to show up, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you put together something on, uh, you know, how to reach your feminine side or just something <laughs> yeah. hypothetically like that. You'd be lucky to get a couple guys, right? Yeah, because totally. at the end of the day, we're going to gravitate to, what we're strongest at, right? Mm-hmm. So my focus is now is to look at myself and just say, what am I not, where am I weakest at, right? Mm-hmm. And and how, and, and my weakest parts of me are, uh, as much as I can feel like I'm a good husband, um, I'm not as strong of a husband as I am as a businessman, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I'm a, as much as I feel like I'm a strong, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good father, I'm a better businessman. I'm better, you know, in IT. That's that's what I'm going to gravitate to. So for me, it's about focusing, finding those weak spots, even if I don't feel like, hey, I'm a great dad, right? I don't need to do that. But as I improve on all of the other aspects of my life, the ancillary benefit is the part that I'm not focusing on. So it's kind of like the the, the golf swing, right? the harder you swing ain't going to make the ball go farther. Right. In some cases it's just letting go. It's releasing. So part of what I'm learning in, in, in my meditation practice, and I pull out all the stops. I mean, you could see some of my meditation stuff here. I mean, I've got an altar, I've got um, mineral stones. I got my cushions. I keep upping that, right. I keep increasing my game there because I want to take my, um, you know, the deep work to new levels. And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to, in order to, it goes back to the art of receiving and the law of attraction. In some cases, it's it's not, how do I go into this room, but how do I remove the barriers to let me go into the room, right? Mm-hmm. What, are, what are those personal things that are holding me back? And what I've learned is, 
you know, as I, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be a billionaire, right? I'm, you know, I'm a millionaire, but it's, that's like now, nowadays, so is everybody, right? It's relative, right? So now I'm like, how do I get to that next level lifestyle? And, and I've been doing a lot of work there and just saying, okay, well, I need somebody to do, give me help around the house with doing stuff that I don't want to do, right? I know that need to be done, but I can't do it. Um, and so it's about, act as if, right? And and kind of fostering that uh, if you're into vision boards and that kind of thing, have a vision board and just like whatever you can do to manifest what you need to do. And, and if you're not in the circles you need to be, and if you're not um, getting the inspiration, the energy, the motivation, whatever it is to take things to another level, then a lot of it is not, how do I do this? But what do I let go? How do I, how do I get rid of my ego? How do I, uh, you know, contribute to whatever group. I mean, a lot of it is about contributing and, and all of that. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a practice because we're never going to be perfect at it. Um, and it's just continuously poking, prodding and tweaking. I love it. You know, you alluded to this, but you're a, you're a badass when it comes to like business. And when we haven't even, we haven't even, we haven't even talked about it yet. Like, so I want to give you number one, I appreciate you just like going raw with us. And, um, cause like you said, I mean, you know, you, you throw a webinar out and, and everybody's showing up, but you start talking about how to become a better human and, um, just becoming a better version of yourself. And, you know, I think a lot of times people don't get to hear that. And so I appreciate, um, I didn't know we were going here today, so I'm like super excited about that, but I want to do you the honor of, um, you know, I don't know, we got probably five or 10 minutes left. Uh, you've got an interesting background. You're one of the smartest guys that I know when it comes to the economy and gold and silver and fiat currencies and the Federal Reserve. I've spent a lot of time with Ed Griffin, um, the guy that wrote The Creature from Jekyll Island. So I've got kind of like a tinfoil hat wearing guy a little bit. But um, just tell us whatever you want to tell us. I mean, you came from the Federal Reserve. You understand economics. Um I want to make sure we touch on this too. You have a fund, you're investing in real estate, all kinds of stuff. So what, what do you want us to know? <laughs> so I, I think um, where, you know, I'm a very big uh, proponent of, I mean, we talked about learning and knowledge and, and whatever. And, and, and I like to take a big picture view and, you know, dive in deep and come in and out and just try and find um, um, patterns of things. And, and, um, I use, uh, you were here at Feedly, uh, RSS aggregator. So yeah. RSS aggregator is um, real simple syndication, right? Most news sites, uh, probably all of them, have an RSS feed, right? Which is basically, you can use an RSS aggregator to kind of tie in um, RSS feeds from whatever sources. And I subscribe to hundreds of them. And I've had this RSS listing for for many years and it goes from everything from cnn fox news zero hedge you name the source right and it brings it all together and what i'm able to do is quickly in in uh chronological order of when data information and headlines were released able to pick up on the, the headlines, right? On any given day, if, if somebody, you know, some celebrity passed away, you're going to know it real quick. So when you open up the app, you're going to scroll and you're going to see it. It's kind of like a, a Twitter type of thing, except for actual articles and whatnot. I'm a big believer in, in order for me to um, protect my household and, and provide for my household that I, uh, I don't want to be a one trick pony. I, I am, I, I believe in investing in, 
as many things that can produce a return as possible within the, that uh, next to gambling, right? Gambling is a whole nother story. <laughs> so in, in believing in, in all of that, you have to look at the economy, right? You have to look at your, your personal household, right? So it's understanding what's real and what's not right. Everything out there is, is for profit. Hate to say it. COVID is an industry, right? Mm -hmm. COVID and, and all of everything that's happened over the last year, there have been, um, it's been one of the, probably the largest consolidation and transfer of wealth in the history of the world. And, and people are like, oh, well, what do you mean by that? Whatever. It's, it's about knowing how the economy actually works and, and who are those providers, you know, how the function of the currency works. The function of the currency is basically right now it's printed out of thin air. And then we can get into a lot of different things, but you look at the history of fiat currency versus backed currency. Backed currency means that, you know, gold and silver. The reason why that was um, a strong currency and it actually written into the constitution and, but we won't go there, um, is because it takes physical labor to actually produce gold and silver, which means that the ability to produce a currency, if that's backed by that is naturally limited by human involvement, human labor to produce that. Well, if you read history from World War II and funding World War II and just kind of the fact that, you know, you read in the Bretton Woods and you read all of the laws that have passed since then, it's been a the, – the currency economy has been centralized in the banking world. The banking sector has been around a long time, and a lot of what we see in terms of economy is controlled not by the central bank, by – the banks that um, manipulate is might be the right word that the central banking think thought process. All that to say is I'm a firm believer in diversifying your investments. Don't believing, not believing what you hear, um, protecting your own investing in business, investing in currency, the more diversified you are, the more you can withstand economic turmoil. You don't have all your eggs in one basket. Um, there's a lot of information out there. There's one book that um, I actually read in um, um, soci uh, sociology uh, called How the World Really Works uh, by Adam, uh, Adam Jones, I think is the name of the book. And basically it's a brilliant book, right? It's, it's 12 books in one because each chapter of this book is – a kind of a um, cliff notes of a much larger book, one of which is The Creature from Jekyll Island. So when you read this book end to end, you start to learn the the entire, how the pieces of our, our world are put together, everything from the war on drugs, uh, you know, foreign policy, central banking, health industry, whatever. And you learn that... Um, what I would say is we don't live in a true free market capitalist society. We live in a crony capitalist society. And what that just basically means is that our laws, rules, and regulations are influenced more by the uh, um, uh, the folks in D.C. and the lobbyists that are there to promote their own industry, whether it's agriculture, pharmaceuticals, you name it. 
So it's not conspiracy theory if we can prove all of this stuff exists. So if you can deny that lobbyists exist, then, then, you know, you know, you're in a different world than I am. Right. So if you look at the global influence, all that that's all there, you're just learning the rules of the game. When you learn the rules of the game, you don't try and change the game per se. I, I don't have that level of influence. Hopefully one day we'll get together and we will. But at this level, you're, you're learning the game and then you're trying to understand, okay, how do I play this game so I don't get killed in the process, but I can still provide for my family. And in which case then that just, you know, you learn economic cycles, you learn, um, you know, cross functions of how money works, how business works, so on and so forth. I, I don't know how, how valuable that was. I know I went on a lot of different uh, topics there. Well, I think it was very valuable. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm feeling like we could probably do like five more episodes. I'm going to have to, you know, bring you back and really get into, and again, I appreciate, you know, where, where this went today. Um, but I also feel like, um, you know, there's, there's so much more. So um, how would you feel about coming back at some point? Absolutely, man. I love it. I mean, this is the kind of thing it's like, you know, when I, when, when we get off of the podcast, I got to have a call with my CPA. I got to, I got to do a lot of things that I'd rather spend talking to you, but that's, I mean, this kind of stuff is awesome. If it, if it, if it helps one listener, one viewer, whatever, it's worth it to me. Cause at the end of the day, like we talked about, it's, it's how much can I contribute to the world, right? How much can I, I mean, you take a plane, and you fly over even, you know, an area like Arizona and you look at just how meaningless is probably not the right word, but, but how um, inconsequential we are on earth. So to be able to influence the slightest little bit is very rewarding to me. Yeah, that's, that's such a great point. Um, do you have like a newsletter? I know, take a minute, tell us about Hearthfire Holdings and is there like yeah, a place? Yeah, so uh, Hearthfire Holdings started with uh, my wife and I just investing in in, in real estate. Um, it started at websites hfireholdings.com with an S. Uh, it started in 2012. We wanted to just take our W-2 income and just start um, uh, diversifying our investments in income property. It started with triplex. Uh, grew into another triplex. Uh, then we started, we had access through our networks of uh, accessing more properties than we had capital to buy. So uh, we were introduced by my uh, wonderful father-in-law on the concept of a real estate syndication. Uh, again, it was like fascinating enough where I bought a library worth of books on syndication, uh, learned how to pull investment dollars together. As you know, structured deals, uh, spread the wealth literally and figuratively, um, and, and really bring in friends and family to invest in properties along the way with my it background, we started, um, a property management company. I didn't know it at the time. I was just implementing systems to manage our properties, uh, that quickly grew into about 50 units or so. Uh, we had our syndication deals going. 2016, my wife quit the day job because we had a baby coming and we knew that having day jobs, night jobs, weekend jobs, and a child on the way was uh, not sustainable. Uh, 2017, uh, we got to the point where um, I I didn't realize I had gotten the, the biggest uh, promotion that I had. I got it to, you know, to an executive level at the Federal Reserve and um, 
And I thought that that was going to be the pinnacle of things and I was going to do great things. And I just realized that that's just, a, you know, a lot of folks around conference room tables pontificating wasn't rewarding enough for me. Um, I kind of begged the wife to let me go. Uh, so I, I quit the day job and then 2000. 18, uh, knowing economic cycles, I believed that there was a recession coming because 10 years of growth just is not typical beyond 10 years historically. So uh, we decided to pivot from our multifamily syndications. We sold those off and pivoted to self-storage. And now we have a uh, portfolio of uh, self-storage properties, uh, uh, over 100,000 net rentable square feet in self-storage, uh, about to close. Uh, we have a, a syndication open right now, uh, probably be funded by the end of the week. And uh, we're big into self-storage now. It's a very good hedge no matter which way the economy goes. It's considered recession resistant. And uh, our, our, I consider Hearthfire Holdings a brand that is about wealth service and uh, now RV rentals and a recreation business that kind of like my little pet project. But I'm all about we're, we're, we're all about sharing wealth, uh, love real estate. Um, you know, hard assets is the only sustainable way and long term way that has proven to build wealth. So so that's our model. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn as well. Sergio Altamari, I'm a contributing editor on Bigger Pockets. Uh, I've got some articles there and then otherwise you know come to our website you sign up for our mailing list uh promise we don't do much spamming at all uh, in fact we probably got to up our uh content game but uh, it's a lot of fun uh we love to we love what we do we work hard a lot of hours uh but it gives us the freedom and and lifestyle that we want my my uh, four-year-old uh girl is stella she's uh She's got enough business exposure at this age coming along with us with, with all, all that we're doing. And uh, it's all for, you know, for her and uh, recognize the, the natural beauty of life that, that kids expose us to. So uh, we're really blessed in, in so many ways and, um, you know, blessed to know you and be part of so many groups. So, uh, so life is pretty good. Yeah, that's amazing. And, um, you know, I'll second that. I, we'll definitely have you back on, but, you know, I'm looking at your website right now, hfireholdings.com, and there's plenty of podcasts and everything there, articles and stuff that you can go, you know, find out more about Sergio for sure. And I love what you said there at the end too, um, you know, just a, I, I guess just some props to you. Um, I've, I've met your wife and daughter um, multiple times, you know, at GoBundance events and everything else. So it's really cool um, the life that you guys have built too, you know, like you're, you're doing well, you're doing good and you're getting to do it together. So it's pretty amazing. Um, I just appreciate everything you've contributed to us today and, and just the way you show up, man. It's, um, it's an honor to have you. Hey, I appreciate it, man. It's been an honor to be on and, uh, awesome. Thank you for this. Yeah. If you found value in this episode and you know, someone who's wanting to start or move further along in their journey toward investing for freedom, I would be forever grateful if you would share this show with them and help me get this message out to more listeners. Also, if you enjoy what you've heard, I would appreciate it if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. And until the next episode, cheers to moving further along in your journey of investing for freedom.